The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would have gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, trick question. I warned you this was coming in the email this week, so I hope you've given it a lot of thought. How many sons did the father in the parable have? It's a trick question, so the answer surely cannot just be two. Well, what if I said that the answer was three? But by God's grace, he would soon have a fourth. That is the power of repentance, 
of realizing the lost cause of either worldly pleasures or joyless legalism. Repentance literally creates a new person with different values, a changed heart, and a renewed mind. We are inevitably one of the four sons in this story, or perhaps shades of all of them at one point or another. Let us consider each from the youngest to the oldest. Of course, the youngest son in this story is worse than rude. He is cruel. While it was not impossible for a son to ask for an inheritance early, before the death of the father, the giving of such an inheritance would effectively end the working years of the father. It basically was putting his own uh, father out to pasture. And so we're already off to a pretty bad start, but of course we know it goes from bad to worse. As the son squanders his money on loose living, ending up a literally cursed man, according to Jewish law. To have to feed swine to survive was as bad as it gets for a Hebrew person. It was a sign of a curse to end up in such a situation. It would be better to be a junkie on the streets of San Francisco uh, than to have ended up in this pigsty. For at least in San Francisco, no one will judge you. And you might actually get some nice housing for free. So this young man is completely driven by his appetites. He is a slave to sin. He is led around by his nose. As Paul writes, his God is his belly. He thinks that he is free, right, because he's got all this money. But actually the opposite proves to be true. He is the least free person you could ever meet. But thanks be to God, he comes to the end of himself and he turns to his loving father. And as the father said, he was dead, but now he is alive. He was lost, but now he is found. The father, he has another son worthy of the responsibilities and the honor showed to him by the giving of the robe and the sandals and the ring. For this young man has been humbled. He has come to the end of his rebellion, and he has seen that it is not pretty. He has come to understand that he is not the master of his life, And as Proverbs says, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And you can uh, have no doubt that sitting in that pigsty, abandoned by all of his new friends, impressed by his money, uh, a shame to his own family, he was surely afraid. But out of that fear, he became the possessor of wisdom. And now he is the moldable clay that his father can turn into a masterpiece. Which of those two sons are you? 
Are you in a rebellious place? Or have you come to understand the futility of your own rebellion? Do you insist on living life on your own terms, making you unwise and arrogant? Or do you desire to live by the Father's grace? Now then we have the older son, or as I am calling him, the third son. Now he makes it clear that he is not happy at all with his idiot younger brother who has returned home. After all, for all these years, he has done everything by the book. He has never asked for a favor or disobeyed his father. He was reliable and dependent and obedient, but for all the wrong reasons. He was not a joyful warrior happily honoring his father through service. There was a dark side to his obedience. He expected a payoff at some point. He came to see himself as superior to others, least of all to his kid brother. He was proud, and though he never acted on his desires that we know of, he was just as consumed by them. Uh, the fact that he says, hey, you never killed a fatted calf for me so that I could have a party with my friends probably tells you he was always thinking about having parties with his friends. Or, hey, look at that horrible son of yours, not brother of mine anymore, right, but son of yours who went off and spent money on harlots. He probably thought about doing the same thing many times as well. He would have done those things if he could have. His heart was just as impure. He just lacked his brother's brazenness and disregard for protocol. Now, the parable ends on a cliffhanger, but the question isn't who killed J.R.? Who did kill J.R., by the way? But what will the older brother do? The father puts it in his hands. Will he bless his father with a fourth son? Or will he refuse the Father's grace and persist in self-righteousness? For what would repentance really look like for the older brother? I mean, it would bring virtually no change to his daily life, to his habits. But his heart would change. His motivations would change. His relationships would change. He would not relate to others out of envy or jealousy or pride. He would not serve with hopes of a reward. No, he would be obedient and think nothing of it. He would rejoice in his brother's return to sanity. He would be thankful that his father has been so gracious and so patient with him for so long. He would be just as different as his younger brother upon his return home. So which of these four sons are you? Now, I would like to think that many of us have already left the younger son's uh, phase of life, you know, his wild years. You know, that's sort of why we're in church on a regular basis. Maybe we have realized the futility of chasing endless desires 
and we have repented and returned to the Father. But have we become smug or arrogant? Have we become obedient for all the wrong reasons? Are we so glad of our spot in the family that we are actually hostile to those who would join us? Or have we even repented of that? Have we repented, in other words, of both extremes, of the fool who rejects his father and of the fool who believes he is entitled to his father's mercy? In truth, we have all been and will be any of these four sons. Thank heavens we have the father that we have, for he is merciful and he welcomes us home when we stray or when we have stopped appreciating him for who he is. He is the real hero of this story, the constant who is better to us than we are to him. Thanks be to God. Amen.